0: Mark 10, chapter 10, the gospel of Mark, verses 13 through 16. Now, this passage is um, very familiar to us. And we've been in the gospel of Mark for several weeks. And if we don't have a baby dedication, when we get up to chapter 10, if the Lord allows us to stay there, we'll just skip this passage. We'll take care of it today. But uh it's a very familiar passage. Mark ten, verses thirteen through sixteen. Well, well, every believer in this place ought to have be just filled with joy. God has truly blessed us today, hasn't he? He truly has. For weeks, Tommy, a six-year-old boy, he kept telling his first-grade teacher about his baby brother or sister that his mom would be having soon. One day, Tommy's mother allowed him to feel the movements of this unborn child. Though Tommy was obviously impressed, he made no comment about this. Several days went by, and Tommy's teacher realized he hadn't mentioned the birth of his brother or sister. So she sat him on her lap, and she asked Tommy, what's become of your baby brother or sister that y'all have been expecting? Tommy burst into tears, and he confessed, I think mommy ate it. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't get it, hold on. (laughs) It's going to come to you. (laughs) You know, children have their own minds. And you can never be sure what to expect from a child. Some of you are saying, that's right. (laughs) You don't know what, you can, (laughs) you just have no idea what might come out of their mouths but you know your children should be able to be able to learn very quickly what to expect from parents above all else children should learn that their parent their parents want what's best for them and what's best for our children should supersede what our children want when we look in this passage we really see that their parents wanting what's best for their children. The Bible says, Then they brought little children to him, that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. God, we thank you for your love and your attention to us. Even, God, when we were children, we were on your mind. God, you've told us before the... Before we were formed in our mother's womb, you had called us to you. God, before the foundation of the world, you knew each and every one of us. And God, we just thank you. We thank you that we can bring children to you. For you are King of kings and Lord of lords. So, God, we just thank you for this day that you've blessed us with already, for those who have given their life to you, those who have decided to join this local body of believers to make it their church, those, God, who are going to come and, and and allow us to dedicate their children on their behalf to you. God, We we just thank you for what you're doing today. But God, there may be someone here who doesn't know you through your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would move and minister to them. And God, if if there's someone who needs to bring them to you, help us, God, to grab their hand and walk with them and talk with them and share you with them. Help us, God, to learn to lead others to you. And we'll praise you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, we live in a time and in a society that thinks that the best way to parent children is not to force anything upon them. Society says that children should formulate their own ideals without any influence of rules, social norms, or stereotypes. Today, we're told children should be free to decide what they want to believe is true. What I mean is today, society is saying that if a boy feels like a girl, that he should be free to act, to dress, to carry himself as a girl and vice versa. Now, I know every mother and father really believes their little Susie or their little Johnny is a genius. And in mother's and father's eyes, that may be true, but but come on now. (laughs) We all know better. You know, children eat crayon. What's the genius behind that? (laughs) You know, kids will find their way into cabinets and drawers and just see it when there's chairs everywhere and floors everywhere. Almost every father of a child has multiple hats in their house, many multiple different colors, but they'll put pots on their heads. (laughs) And we call them geniuses. (laughs) So I really don't care how many letters are behind a a psychologist or sociologist's name. I can tell you this, children need direction. The wisest man to ever live shared in Proverbs 22 and 6 to train up a child in the way that he should go. And I want to let us know this in case we don't quite understand that. It doesn't mean, well, I took my child to church every Sunday, so I trained them up in the way they should go. No, that's not training them up in the way they should go. That's a good thing. Bring them to church every Sunday. That's that's a good thing. But we train up a child in the way it should go, is that we bring it to the Lord. And, and as we see that child grow, and we recognize the gifts, the skills, the abilities that God has blessed him with, help that child understand that those gifts, those abilities, those skills are to be used to glorify God. That's training. A child in the way they should go. Society has pushed boundaries in ways that from the time I was small, I would have never thought would have taken place. But this shouldn't surprise us. It shouldn't surprise us that society is, is, is telling us that we don't need to teach our children about this, about this deity. They're telling us that we should not teach our children about God. Let them learn for themselves. That shouldn't surprise us. Because when we look in today's text, we see the very closest to Jesus were pushing kids away from him. The disciples didn't want the people to bother Jesus with their children. As a matter of fact, they rebuke the people for even bringing their children around. Now let's be honest. And please don't raise your hands. But let's really be honest with ourselves. How far are we away from this? How far are we away from this line of thinking that the disciples have. You know, don't get me wrong. I know this is a church that we want children here. We want families to bring their kids here. We, Man, I, I, want, I want these young families to have as many as you can possibly. I want your quiver full, and I want you to bring them all here. Taylor says, I'm becoming more kid-friendly as I get older. <laughs> uh, we, want, we want them to come. We want you to come with them. We want to have many Sundays like today where we're going to celebrate children. And it, it brings joy to my heart to be able to stand on behalf of families And this church and dedicate children to God. But really, how do we feel when they're in our sanctuary? (laughs) I want you to know when we hear the cry of a child, we're hearing life. Now, I know how old I am, and I, I know that I'm on the downside of life here. And whenever I hear children, I hear life, young and vibrant. But I wonder, when we hear them cry, do we hear a noise that is distracting? Or do we hear the opportunity to disciple a child? No, not discipline a child. That's mom and daddy's job. That's not our job. We don't discipline children here. That's mom and daddy's job. Uh, We disciple them. (sighs) When we hear the, child, the cry of a child, do we hear the opportunity to share the gospel with another soul that's coming into this world? When we hear the cry of a child, do we hear someone who through the power of the Holy Spirit that may go out and do great things for the kingdom of God? Oh, I hope that's what we hear. You know, precious, babies are precious, God. They are precious and they grow to be interesting children. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I know. <laughs> Babies grow to be interesting children. And I know it's possible for interesting children to become exhausting and maybe even sometimes frustrating teens. No, Taylor's not the only one. No. <laughs> no. If you ain't got there yet, just hold on. This will come right back to your memory. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) And no matter how interesting they become, no matter how exhausting or even frustrating they become, we must not behave like these disciples they must get the very best of us here at this church every experience these kids have in this place whether it's with adults whether it's with teens whether it's with other children it should be such that they love to get back to this place so let me share some good news we have some kids that come to this church That whenever their parents turn their vehicles in this direction, they're screaming out, church, church, we're going to church today. And they're not screaming it out like some of us adults with, man, we've got to go to church today. They're screaming out, church, I get to go to church. They're excited to come this direction. It could be the middle of the week. I got a phone call a little while back from uh, Dr. Terry uh, Hunt who was sharing with me in the middle of the week. His granddaughter was asking, do we get to go to church today? Or tomorrow, because it was night. Do we get to go to church tomorrow? He said, No, baby, we got to wait to Sunday. Why do we have to go to wait to Sunday? Why do we have to wait to Sunday? I want to go. Boy, that, that's a blessing. And I want to thank you, our workers in the preschool, our children, our, our, our student ministry, our kids' ministry. I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Reedy Branch, for, for allowing such an environment to be here to where kids want to come. It, But we need to continue creating this environment. It's not just the duty of those working in those departments. It's the duty of every one of us to create such an environment that kids want to be here. Because if that's not the environment that we produce here, then the Lord Jesus Christ is not pleased. We can see that right here in the text jesus gives an invitation in this text so he wasn't pleased with the disciples the bible tells us that when jesus saw what was taking place and he was he was he was displeased according to the text in other words he was filled with indignation an easier way to say that he was angry and he tells the disciples to let the children come to him and not to forbid them. That word forbid, it means to hinder or to prevent. The, it, the way it's used here in this passage, it's a, the tense is a present imperative. In other words, it's a continuous command. So Jesus is actually saying, stop hindering or stop preventing these children from coming to me. Here, Jesus' disciples were hindering the children. They were continuously preventing them from getting to Jesus. No wonder, no wonder Jesus was filled with indignation. No wonder he was angry with these disciples. So what he did, he just cut out the middleman. He said, come on, come to me. As a matter of fact, he he told him, he said, bring the children to me. So Jesus here, he called for the children. He received them. And what's interesting is that these children were so young and so small, they had to be brought to Jesus. They may have been too small to understand what was taking place, but Jesus was big enough to bless them. There's no way children will be rejected by Jesus. So we invite them to come. There are reasons why we bring children to Jesus, reasons like this. When we bring a child to Jesus, he or she will learn love. What they'll learn is that that they are loved by God and by all who trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Folks, we live in an evil world and our children need to know that they are loved. Romans 8, 38 through uh, 39 says, For I am persuaded neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, our children need to know that nothing can stop God from loving them. They need to know that others love them and they need to know that they are to love others. And they get that when we bring them to Jesus and, and love others who, who don't know Jesus as a Lord and Savior. Matthew 22 and 20, uh, 37 through 39 says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. This is the first commandment and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor isn't just a Christian next to you. Your neighbor is those that you can share the gospel with. When we bring children to Jesus, he or she will learn that God is with them. They, They need to know they have help. Whenever they're facing trials and temptations that this life throws at them. And when we bring them to Jesus, they they will learn that there is a supernatural power that can go with them when even mom and daddy can never go with them anymore. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I don't know what was going on. I don't know where the parents was. This girl had been kidnapped. We know the story from a few years ago. This girl was taken and she was abused. Her parents were nowhere to be found. No matter how much she cried out to them, they were not there. And this man was just brutally abusing her. But what I can promise you is Jesus was right there with her. I have to believe that she never even saw this man's face. But all she saw was the face of Jesus. I have to believe that he took whatever pain she was going through away from her. For her to endure that, I got to believe he was right there with her. Our children need to know this kind of love. Our children need to know this kind of protection. They, when we bring children to Jesus, you know what they'll learn? They'll learn the truth. John 14 and 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And this is vital because the world's going to tell our children that there is no God. But Jesus is emphatic that there is a God. And the world will tell our children, well, if there is a God, there's many ways to get to him. But Jesus says, I am the way. In fact, Jesus intercedes on our behalf to God. For in 1 Timothy 2 and 5, he tells us there is one God and one mediator between God and men. And the man, Jesus Christ. It's him. Folks, when we bring our a child to Jesus, that child will learn that Jesus is their provider, he's their protector, he's their peace, he's their hope, he's their strength, he is their assurance. Psalm 23 tells us the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yet yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup run over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever our children need to know this is available to them so we bring our children to Jesus when we bring a child to Jesus we are putting them in contact with the source that they need not only to make a difference for the kingdom of God in this life but he's the only source that provides eternal life When we bring a child to Jesus, they learn the gospel. And they learn that the gospel is the power of God, the salvation. You know, it was my dad that led me to the Lord when I was a child. 11 years old. A couple months before turning 12, he led me to the Lord. And folks, I failed. I was a child I thought as a child, I behaved as a child, and I failed. I failed miserably, but God, through his grace and through his mercy, he took care of me even when I didn't know it. Moms and dad, lost friends, you can't lead your children to Jesus until you know him for yourself. And the greatest thing you will ever do for your child is to lead them to Jesus. It doesn't matter what education you provide for them. It doesn't matter what you give them. It doesn't matter what inheritance is left to them. Nothing supersedes knowing Jesus. The world can't give them peace. The world can't give them comfort. The world can't take care of them the way Jesus can. So why not prepare right now to lead your children to Jesus, to lead your grandchildren to Jesus by you giving your life to Jesus as they come to give, the, to give this song of invitation. As every head's bowed, as every eye's closed, right now, If you believe in Jesus Christ. If you believe in his finished work on the cross. If you believe in his resurrection. And you're willing to give your life to Jesus. Confess him as your Lord and Savior. Today you can be saved. Are you? Are you willing to surrender your life to him, making him your Lord and Savior? If so, come. Come now. In childlike faith, come. For such is the kingdom of God. If you're going to enter into the kingdom of God, you must humble yourself. As a child, you must believe what the world says is unbelievable. And you must confess Jesus as Lord. Would you today?